in, uh, I actually lived now in Crowborough. My wife and I moved out of London about, uh, about five, six years ago now. And so uh, we're not too far from Tunbridge Wells and, and head over there regularly for walks. And uh, we enjoy, enjoy the town too. Uh, I'm going to pray and then get straight into it today. I, I really have some thoughts on my heart that I believe are going to encourage you. So um, let me pray and then, uh, and then we'll get into this word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to, to come around your word this morning and, and be a part of this meeting with my brothers in Christ. And, and I ask this morning that as this word goes forth, I pray that it will nourish people's souls, that it will challenge and renew people's minds, and it will change these men's hearts, Lord, that you will do something in them, that you will speak a word that's in season, one that, in, that is inspiring and uplifting. So, Father, we just commit this time into your hands, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'll have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, this amen. morning, the title of my message is this, God, give me strength. God, give me strength. And I want to read to you the first nine verses here in Joshua chapter 1 through to 9, and it says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River and go into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as, a, as I have promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law, my servant, Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and very courageous? Wow, what a passage. What a passage. I wonder, have you ever been given a task that seemed too big to undertake? Has an opportunity ever presented itself to you, but you turned it down because you didn't feel ready? Has God ever called you to do something that you did not feel qualified to do? My assignment this morning comes from the book of Joshua. For if anyone knew what it was like to do something outside of their comfort zone, then it was Joshua. Joshua was the man assigned by God to take over from Moses. Moses had been the man who had stood up to Pharaoh to lead his people, the Israelites, out of slavery, oppression and captivity. Under Moses' leadership, the Israelite people didn't quite make the promised land as they had been in the wilderness for, for 40 years, waiting for the right time for a new generation to grow up. And when Moses' time was up, 
the baton was passed to Joshua and it was now his job to lead this large group of people into the land that was flowing with milk and honey, the long awaited promise. Now, how many of you know that that is not a small job? <laughs> that is a very big job. Taking yourself into a new environment, a new season, a place where you have never been before, wanting enough. It is not easy having to navigate yourself through unfamiliar territory, let alone having to do it with hundreds of thousands of disgruntled, disappointed, disillusioned people that are watching your every move. So that's the backdrop. And now we, we enter in and, and Joshua steps into the story. Now, no one had, had shown him how he was going to lead these people. There was no blueprint for his success. There was not all the information you would want when undertaking such a large task, but he did have a word from God. <laughs> a word from God, be strong and courageous. Now, God wasn't talking to him about that macho style of courage that you encounter in your local gym on a Friday night. He wasn't talking about that courage that comes upon you when someone cuts you up on the M25 on your way into London. No, he was talking about an inner toughness that may not be obvious to the naked eye. He was talking about a tenacity of character that pushes you forward when most people would quit. He was talking about that small whisper of determination that gets you up out of bed and encourages you to go forward for another day. He was talking about an audacious boldness to obey God, even when he's asking you, what he's asking you to do seems to make little sense. That is the strength and courage that God was talking to Joshua about. Because leading people and demonstrating to them the faithfulness of God along the way isn't as easy as it sounds. You see, guys, we mustn't be fooled by the familiarity of this story. Yes, we know that the walls came down and and that, that Joshua saw the end that he and everyone there and that nation desired, but it wasn't all plain sailing. Along the way, there were some giants to defeat, some obstacles to overpower, some trials to survive. You see, if you are ever going to take new ground and conquer greater heights and walk into your promised land, then you're going to have to overcome some opposition. For the Bible warns us that there is an enemy that is out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says that the enemy, your enemy, uh, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Oh, he is out to trip you up divert you, tell you that you are not worthy to be used by God. His goal is to stop you living a life that honors Christ. But I'm excited this morning, as you can probably <laughs> tell already, because I know that just by you logging on uh, to this broadcast on a Saturday morning, I know that I'm speaking to a group of men that are overcomers. And yes, you may have taken some knockbacks and maybe you have said things that you wish you hadn't have said and done things you wish you hadn't have done. But, but if there is still breath inside of your body, then God hasn't finished with you yet. He knows that, that being a man, being a man isn't easy. 
There is pressure on the job, pressure in the home, pressure from society to look and act a certain way. There are temptations on your left and enticement on your right, yet God still loves you. He still wants you. He still believes in you, and he has not given up on you. In fact, the Bible says, and we hear it so often, but it's good to be reminded of it, that God has a great plan for you, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a new hope and a fresh future. You see, friend, God wants you to succeed. He wants you to be the best grandfather that you can be. He wants you to be the best father, the best son, the best uncle, the best friend, the best employee, the best employer, the best leader. God wants you to soar to unprecedented heights. He wants you to enter into your promised land and be a blessing to those people that God has strategically placed around your life. But to do that, to do that, you have to play your part. You have to play your part by following him. Oh, it's going to require every ounce of strength that you have. It's going to squeeze courage out of you that you did not know was in you. But if a man like Joshua could complete his assignment, an assignment that was so much bigger than himself, then so can you. Three times, three times God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And so very quickly this morning, I want to give you three reasons Three reasons why you need strength and courage to fulfill the God-given assignment on your life. The first is this. Number one, you need strength and courage to walk into the unknown. It is quite the task that God asked Joshua to fulfill. Joshua does not have leading a nation on his CV. He has no previous experience of the mandate asked of him, yet that is what God has requested him to do. If anyone had permission to feel uncomfortable, it was Joshua. If anyone could have been overwhelmed by the task ahead, it was Joshua. If anyone was allowed to feel fearful at this moment in time, it was Joshua. We do not know exactly what was running through Joshua's mind when he was assigned this mission. However, I do find it very reassuring that in these nine verses, God repeats himself three times. Three times. Now, if my wife, if my wife has to say something to me three times, I might just listen. But if God has to say it to me three times, in such a short amount of time, then I need to be listening. He wants Joshua to catch something. There is a sense of urgency here. Let's, let's be real. I'm sure that, that we would all agree that if you heard from God once this morning, in this gathering together, if you heard one word from God, you would go away happy. I mean, hearing one word from God today could solve your problem, could give you the lift that you need. It could set you off in a new direction. One word once would be enough. 
but to say the same thing three times over, be strong and very courageous, be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and very courageous? That tells me that God means business. He isn't messing about. He is giving Joshua something to hold on to as he goes about his mission so that if he gets in trouble or begins to doubt the road that lays ahead, he has those five words imprinted in his mind. And they are the same five words I want you to, to remember today. Be strong and very courageous. It's the first thing he thinks about when he wakes up in the morning and it's the the last thing he remembers when his eyes shut at night. God, he repeated himself so many times because he knew that if fear of the future got in Joshua's heart because of the size of his dream, the size of his mission, the size of the calling or the cost of the calling that lay ahead of him, then that dream would have been over before it started. He would have never have left his camp. He would have have stayed in the starting blocks when the gun went off. Fear of the future will paralyze you taking a step of faith. It stops you from starting anything. I wonder if, if you remember what it feels like to do something that you have never done before or, or walk down a road you have no idea how to walk down. It can be uh, an unpleasant experience when the uncertainty of your future is being brought into question. And, and, and I know many of us in this, this season, these last four months in particular, have felt that. I know personally as well what it's like to fear the future. I, I want to tell you a very personal story quickly. And that in April 2015, my wife gave birth to our first daughter a little girl that we had called Elle, and the, the pregnancy hadn't been easy, but, but we thought we had made it. We, we had just moved down here to, to Crowborough, and we bought our first home, and we had decorated the nursery. Everything was ready for our new season. However, when my wife gave birth to Elle, she was born with no beating heart, no breath in her lungs. I held my little girl for three days, believing that God could raise her from the dead, but he didn't. He didn't, and my world collapsed in an instant as my faith was shaken to the, to the core. All of a sudden, everything changed. My trust in God was challenged. The God I'd been following all those years seemed to desert me. All sorts of questions were going off in my mind, like, what do I do now, God? How do I move forward? How can I help my wife? Will I ever, will, will I ever smile again? The fear of the future crept in, and it gave me sleepless nights and a very heavy heart, especially when Four months later, we conceived again and then had to walk out every single day for nine months with no guarantee, with no guarantee of what the final outcome was going to be. And I know for some of you men watching this this morning, you know what it feels like to fear the future. 
a fear that you may not be able to provide for your family, a fear of not knowing how to be a good father, a fear of not never being able to shake off that sickness or that addiction that keeps you bound, a fear of what treatments you need to go through next, a fear of losing a loved one. And we, we heard that Andy, I believe it was, talk about that just then. And we're going to pray for that man later. A fear, baby, of never getting married or, or never being able to conceive and, and have a family. We can have all these fears regarding the future. But I have good news for you this morning. You may not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds your future. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one who was, who is, and is to come, the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is the all-knowing, all-powerful, and ever-present God. He has anointed and appointed you. He even knows the amount of hairs that is on your head. My God is for you. My God is for you. He is with you. So do not worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Second Timothy 1.17 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, can I encourage you today, men, to turn your fear of the future into an appetite of adventure. You may not have all the answers. You may not recognize this season that you're in. But if you have some faith to trust God, even when you do not see a way forward, you will soon discover and be reminded that your God, your Father in heaven, is with you. And your greatest days... Your greatest days are still very much ahead. My second reason, and I hope this is helping you, like Matt, I get a bit excited. Sorry about this. I'm a preacher. <laughs> but it says this, second reason why Joshua needed to be strong and courageous to enter the promised land is this. Number two, he needed strength to be himself. He needed strength to be himself. And I like this about Joshua. He was very aware of the success that Moses had had and the man of God he was known to be. I mean, it was a tough act to follow. They are big shoes to feel. He, he respected Moses and he had learned both good and bad from Moses, but he, never, he, he chooses not to imitate Moses. And, and, and that's very important. Joshua recognized that God had put something different in him. Did he have it all together for his first day of the job? Probably not. Was he perfect? Definitely not. He was a work in progress, just like you and I. But at least he didn't try to be someone he wasn't. Oh, how sad it is today when I see people trying to be a cheap copy of someone else, instead of being the original that God designed them to be. The copy never quite cuts it. When looking at an original oil painting versus a copy, experts will soon pick up on the differences. Original oil paintings are often, most ex are often executed on canvas, panel, paper, or wood, whereas copies are typically done on stock paper or cardboard. 
Originals will have unique brush strokes, different thicknesses of paints and rougher edges to the artwork, whereas copies will be smooth and flat. Originals will have chipped, cracked and stained framework, highlighting that this painting would have seen some years, whereas the framework of a copy is more bland, average and untouched. Originals will have a signature to remind them of whose artwork it is, whereas copies will have a counterfeit signature of who they are trying to be. It is the authenticity of the artwork that determines its value. If given a choice, most people would always choose an original over a, coffee, a copy because as much as a copy may look good on the eye, it doesn't hold the same worth as an original. Friend, God did not take nine months to form you inside of your mother's womb so that you can spend your days trying to be someone else. If that was the case, God would have pushed you through a photocopier to have saved some time. No, he chose you for such a time as this. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. He's the master architect, the supreme builder. He built you for maximum efficiency and optimal performance. You're the Tesla of Tunbridge Wells, the, the <laughs> prince of the Pantites. I mean, he has called you by name. He imprinted his signature on your heart. He chose you and marked you to live a life of significance. God made you the way he made you. If he wanted another Moses, he would have made another Moses. If he wanted another Matt Winter, he would have made another Matt Winter. If he wanted another Pastor Stuart, he would have made another Pastor Stuart. He wanted a Joshua, someone who dared to be different, someone with a fresh purpose attached to his existence, someone that was designed to live in this time to serve this generation and that's someone he wants you to be is you he wants you to be you oh friend I know I know it's not easy being a man and there will be times when we need to keep our ego in check our thought life in check our pride in check there will be times when we have no answers but please hear me today do not get drawn. Do not waste time going down the comparison route. Life is too short to sit around and worry about what you do not have. Wishing you could dress like that man, wishing you could talk like him, lead like him, think like him. Some of you maybe even want to smell like that man. I don't know. But you, you, what, you, you, know, you may not have what someone else has. You may not have their looks, their talents, their income, their influence, but you do have exactly what you need to fulfill the plan that God has specifically mapped out for your life. So put your confidence in God. You are not too short. You are not too tall. You are the right nationality with a bright personality. You are custom made. You are an original. There is only one of you on this planet and there will never be another one of you. So for some of you, you need to wake up each morning, look in the mirror and declare God's word over your life. Remind yourself by saying, I am, I am who God says I am. Well, I'm trying to do this as quick as I can for time. I've just got one more. 
one more short point to give you and then I'm done. But the third observation, why Joshua needed strength to enter the promised land is this. Number three, he needed strength to trust God. He needed strength to trust God. I'm not surprised that Joshua needed reminding a third time to be strong and courageous. When you look at the strategy that God was about to give him to inherit this promised land, God told him, you are to march around the walls of Jericho once for six days. And on the seventh day, you are to march around that wall seven times and have the priests blow a loud blast on the trumpet. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, I want you all to give a shout of praise and then the walls will come down. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's the plan? That's the plan that I am to roll out in front of an entire nation? We've been in the wilderness for 40 years and you're telling me that the key to our success is to walk around a wall for a week and make some noise? We are soldiers. What about the horses and the chariots? What about the swordsmen and the archers? We have weaponry ready. We have our artillery positioned. We have a map of all the city's weak points drawn out. I think we might know better than you, God. Are you sure this is going to work, God? Oh, I'm sure we've all had those own thoughts and, and questioned God ourselves in times when we've been through similar times where we've been confronted with great challenges. But God says this, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need your ego. I don't need your possessions. I don't even need your experience. All I need is a man with some brave faith. Someone with a willing heart. Someone that is not too concerned what other people may think. Someone with a listening ear. Someone who is not afraid. Someone that trusts me. And Joshua, Joshua was that man. He didn't question God's methods. He didn't doubt or shudder at God's commands. He just took God's word. He took God's message and he took that message straight back to his troops. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine for a moment being in Joshua's shoes and you're walking back to your army? They know that the biggest battle of their life is on the horizon. They're psyching themselves up. They've got the theme tune to Rocky blasting in the background. They're skipping. They're pushing weights. They're getting a sweat on. The spears are being sharpened. The bows are being tightened. The chariots are being polished. 40 years in the making. And today is the day to unveil the big plan. And here comes Joshua. Here, comes, here he comes with the great strategy. And the strategy is this. To keep walking and to praise God. Oh, people must have thought he was crazy. Or making some sort of mistake. But now was the time 
to be reminded of God's word back in Joshua chapter one. Now was the time for Joshua to be strong and courageous. Now was the time to put their trust in God. Now was the time to complete his mission. And as we read on in the rest of that book, we see that is exactly what happened. That as that army marched as one, they let out a shout of praise on the seventh day and those walls came down. In fact, we read at the end of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24, we see that the entire nation of Israel uh, served the Lord in the lifetime of Joshua. The entire nation loved and served God because one man, one man dared to be strong and courageous. One man dared to have no fear of the future. One man chose to be himself. One man decided to put his trust in God. Oh, to be a man of courage. To be a man of courage. Being a man of God takes courage. Being a Christian is not a weak man's religion. My goodness, you only have to look at the life of Jesus for real inspiration. Do you know it took courage for Jesus to walk into the Garden of Gethsemane, even though he knew he was about to be betrayed. It took courage for Jesus to remain silent when he was abused and mocked in front of a baying crowd. It took courage for Jesus to stand up to, while he was being beaten, scourged, and whipped. It took courage for him to lift his head as, though, as they drove nails through his hands and through his feet on that old rugged cross. It took courage for Jesus to look his accusers in the eyes and still forgive them. It took courage to break the chains of sin and death while passing through hell for three days. Oh, Oh, it took courage to rise from the dead so that you and I could receive the gift of salvation to be forgiven of our sins and given the keys to spend all eternity with our Father in heaven. Oh, as I finished this morning, man of God, following Christ demands courage. After all Christ has done for you, the least you can do is live for him. He has called you to love him, to make his name known to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh yes, it's going to take courage to push through your fears and apprehensions. It's going to take courage to lay aside your fleshly desires. It's going to take courage to perhaps not be as popular as you once were. It's going to take courage to tell people the life-transforming message of Jesus Christ. But when you do, when you do, when you activate that courage, Walls will come down, hearts will be opened, lives will be transformed. When Jesus Christ becomes a priority in your life, when you carry out his mission, he will see to it that you complete yours. Your territory will expand. You will be prosperous and successful. You will win your battles. That's the goodness of my God. With Jesus in you, you are unstoppable. So look up. Be strong and very courageous and keep walking in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.